to say my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. The Open Mic. The Open Mic. Podcast. Podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. You just like saying that part, don't you? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? This is the Open Mic Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brown. And thank y'all for listening for another episode. Um, this is episode, what, 10? Um, I got like 30 episodes in a file right now in case I don't record. I got enough episodes to back us up for at least a month. I'm at the Machiavellian Podcast right now. And we have all this kind of... We have this kind of equipment already in-house. You just record a podcast because you're bored or whatever. Uh, real quick, before anybody goes crazy, we don't own the rights to this song, but you know how we do on this podcast. I love this song. This is Janelle featuring Method Man and Red Man from the How High soundtrack, Round and Round. And speaking of Round and Round, bringing back another guy for another round of podcasting, my man Big Herb, Mr. Brian Carr. What's going on, sir? Yo, what's, what's going on, man? <laughs> Not much, yo. Um, can't complain, man. You know, last week, um, was it last week or a week before last, we were um, we were um, talking about WWE Extreme Rules pay-per-view. We were. And uh, we made our predictions. We, you know, we went down each match and we just made our predictions. We did. <laughs> He's making his face right now because I, I tallied up the score um, <laughs> o- o- over the weekend. And I was like, oh, man, I took a picture of it. I was like, we'll talk about that later. But I took a picture of it. He wasn't. Very impressed with this, um, <laughs> with the final outcome uh, of the match. Um, this particular episode, we're just going to talk um, extreme rules. So if you're not a wrestling head or whatever, if you're not into the WWE like me and um, my man Big Hurt over here, it's okay. It's cool. We got some more episodes coming. Um, be sure to listen to the um, podcasted together show with me and my daughter Deja. Uh, she dropped her show um, earlier this week. Um, it's ten minutes of your life. It's not too bad. Um, it's cute. Um, just trying to be the LeVar Ball of um, of comedy, um, raising my daughter up to be the next superstar in case I don't make it. Hell, I can just live off their success. Um, uh, also, we got another podcast, uh, another episode. Um, I forgot which one it is. Well, um, Glenn Lawrence um, also was on the show. But um, back to you, Mr. Hurt. Um, how's everything going with you, sir? How you been this week? Man, it's, it's, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Lots of Lots of news to keep us busy. Lots of sports news, lots of wrestling news, so, you know, it's been a good week. Now, I didn't get a chance to catch Hurt's House, for obvious reasons, you know, I'm always on the road and doing whatever, but, um... Absolutely. Real quick, um, Hurt's House is on uh, the True Radio Network, you ever get a chance to, um, listen to it, make sure you listen to it live, tell the people real quick how they can get in contact, you can, or how they can listen to it. You can, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Hurt's House, um, on Facebook, Brian Carr, um... And in parentheses, it'll say Big Hurt because we can't do this middle names. That's corny anyway. And um, now, uh, brand new on uh, on the web, you can find me at HurtsHouse.com. www.HurtsHouse.com. H-U-R-T-S-H-O-U-S-E.com. Okay, okay. And uh, you just dropped another, you just did another episode um, real quick. If you want to talk about, you was talking about Hulk Hogan um, being reinstated into the, to the we, Hall of Fame, which no one knew he was suspended in the first place. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. I like how they flipped it because they just like, yo, Hulk Hogan's out of the, out of the Hall of Fame. It's like, okay, he's out. And then it's like, instead of saying he's reinstated, they're like, you know, his three-year suspension and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That was a suspension? Cool. But um, basically on the show, um, number one, we read the entire New Day statement. Mm-hmm. And uh, we discussed a few other wrestlers, um, <clears throat> a few other wrestlers' uh, reactions and fans' reactions, 
And we had some fans on who had mixed reviews. We had some fans who were happy with it and some who were not happy at all. Just like pro wrestlers, some of them were happy. Um, you know, Elijah Burke forgave Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Titus O'Neil's not happy at all. New Day is indifferent. And um, uh, real quick, Elijah Burke, for all those who don't know, he's, um, y'all, if y'all a little old, um, y'all a little confused on who Elijah Burke is. He was Elijah Burke in the new version of the ECW, WWE version of ECW. He was one of the rising stars, one of the new new breed uh, ECW. He ended ended up leaving the WWE, going over to TNA, becoming the Pope, and um, had a nice little run in TNA before he ultimately ended up becoming a commentator. And I don't know what he's doing now, but he's a local indie wrestler. Well, not local indie wrestler, but he's an indie wrestler right now. But for all those who were like, who's Elijah Burke? Who's you that would guy? know him as the Pope if you know him as anything. He just that Pope gimmick was yeah. And 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 actually, to be honest with you, I believe Hogan put water. On that Pope gimmick, um, once he came over to TNA, once Hogan took over TNA, if you look at the run, the Pope was on. He was one of the hottest stars in TNA before Hogan came yeah, over. He was, and he was, he was, he was on the verge of becoming the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Hogan and Bischoff took over, and then um, between that and the injuries that Pope suffered, um, they put a lot of water on his gimmick. They put water on the entire. If we're going, if we're going here. Yeah, they put water on TNA as a whole. There were so many good things happening in TNA before Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff took over. Yeah, that Pope gimmick was taken off. Orlando Jordan was the original Velveteen Dream. Yeah, him and 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 Eric Young with the uh, with Eric Young with no gaydar, not realizing <laughs> that he was getting hit on every week. It yeah. was wonderful. He was coming out with two dude women. I, I don't know what was happening, but it was. It was a beautiful thing. The original LAX, LAX had a rule, don't cross that LAX border. They had a border around the Spanish announce table. They said, we're sick of the Spanish announce table getting taken out every pay-per-view. So don't touch the Spanish announce table. So if you cross that LAX border, you was getting beat down by LAX. Oh, by the way, um, Homicide was walking around with Suicide's mask. Like, oh, yeah, I took his mask off. I know who he is. I'm not going to tell you. But he was walking around with his mask around his neck. There were so many hot things going on in TNA that Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff came along. They changed it from six sides to four sides, and they just destroyed the company. And I never forgave them for that. That's two companies they destroy if you're keeping track. Um, you know? Hi-yo. And so, I mean, if you look at it, though, right? If you look at the TNA stars, since we're here for a second, we're just here for a second. <clears throat> we're here okay. right now. Okay, so you look at that TNA roster, and I want to say it's between like 2010 to like 2014. You had Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, James Storm, Beer Money. Beer Money! Uh, money, uh, the Motor City, the, the, the Motor Motor City, City Machine Guns. Gun. What, the TNA had the hottest tag team division in wrestling from 10 to from 10 to 14 not including they were the beginning of the women's evolution revolution when they had um the beautiful people mm. um velvet sky um victoria mickey james at her peak yeah they i mean they i mean they had the uh i forgot a few of them um larue uh that last larue but it was somebody else but it was like larue they had this little um gypsy gimmick um, awesome Kong, awesome Kong. Gail Kim. So, like, when WWE says they had the women's revolution, it really started in TNA. They was already doing ladder matches and cage matches. Women were headlining and closing out main eventing shows in TNA. And then Hogan and Bischoff came over. I mean, next thing you got Fortune. <laughs> the main event mafia. Yeah, you, 
Uh, no, no, that, that was still between 10, 000, 2010 and fourteen. Oh, okay. When Hogan came over, they brought in nasty, um, the nasty boys. One of them couldn't wrestle anymore. Oh, um, Brian Knobs, he had the gout. Um, Jerry Sags, he like he just came back from Jippy Lube. Um, they brought back Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Scott Hall just got a rehab with X Pac. I mean, they. I mean, I'm talking about. They brought back Val Venus. <laughs> <laughs> Fans chanting, "You can't wrestle." They got rid of Christopher Daniels. Because uh, Bishop never saw any talent in him, so they got rid of Christopher Daniels. Ended up bringing back Christopher Daniels. AJ Styles was paired with Ric Flair. He was supposed to be the new Ric Flair. A lot of things changed. A lot of things were weird. The only thing, the only bright spot was uh, Jay Lethal and his impression of Ric Flair and all the different little wrestlers that he would make impressions of. So how did we get here? And I think I think. <laughs> I have to credit Ric Flair with that more than Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff because Ric Flair saw something in Jay Lethal that he felt deserved to be pushed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we know he's going to end up in rap videos 10 years later, but here we are. Yeah. Um, I would also say at the end of the year, spoiler alert, WWE is going to announce an all-women's uh, pay-per-view or all-women's event that's going to happen on the network, maybe on the network or not. But um, TNA did it first. Yeah. TNA had New Year's knockout on New Year's Eve uh, 2000 something. I'm not sure what year it was. I don't want to say the wrong year. Mm-hmm. But it was an all women and X Division pay per view. I mean, all women's and X Division show. Yeah. That came on uh, Spike TV and it was headlined by uh, Mickey James and Victoria in a steel cage. And just, you can't, you can't beat that level of women's competition. I mean, the Women's Revolution, they're doing their thing now. But this isn't new. TNA did this a long time ago. And Hulk Hogan came and doused it. And Eric Bischoff doused it because he didn't see any value in women's wrestlers. All he wanted was divas. But they had a deep class. Like Mike went over. The Beautiful People was just one of the greatest female gimmicks of all time. If you don't know who the Beautiful People are, just look at the Iconics and Mickey J., uh, Michelle McCool and Layla. Both of those are spinoffs of The Beautiful People. And The Beautiful People did it better. Yeah. They were the original. They were the originals, man. So, um, you know, Hogan killed two companies, but uh, that, we got on this because we're talking about Elijah Burke. But um, Angelina Love had ass implants, right? She was getting ass injections. She was one of the first to get ass injections, and it looked lovely. I didn't know what ass injections were back then until uh, Dixie Carter made her stop getting them because she was intimidated by how beautiful her ass was. Yeah. So there that goes. Let the pigeons loose in my Taz voice. Um, Taz is one of the most underrated commentators, by the way. All right. Let's get back on track. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel responsible for that. I'm sorry. No, no, because we got to talk about Elijah Burke, and then we got to the Pope, and then I, I really am mad about that Pope giving because Pope, I mean, he used to come out, and then the money started flowing. The money was coming. <laughs> yo, was, he was so swag. <laughs> the money was just falling. Like, yo, come the, on. He's making it rain. The music, his music. Ah! That joke come down. They even like dun, 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 dun. he was a preacher. The way the NFL stole so many things from the XFL, like the mid camera, the, uh, the the flying camera over the middle of the field by a string, is the same way the WWE stole what I call the chaos cam from TNA, where. If you see, if you go back and look at some of the old wrestling in WWE, they weren't doing that. But if you look at it now, when you get a guy in the corner and you start punching, you see how the camera zooms in and zooms out at the points of impact. I call that the chaos cam. They stole that from TNA directly. Big impact on them. What was the thing they called? And, we, and we, after I say this, then I'm gonna we're gonna try, somehow try to veer back to what we were talking about. 
What was that um, that Vince did when he um, remember there was territories, right? Mm-hmm. And then Vince he took over the WWF. Right. But he started going to different territories, taking all of the hot talent. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would go to Smoky Mountain, and I'm getting the, the guys wrong, so don't come for me, okay? He went to Minnesota. In the AWA. And, 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 and took their world champion, and he was like, you know, I'm going to take uh, Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect from here. And then he would go a little bit further down and go, oh, Junkyard Dog's your number one guy? I think I'm going to have to go down to Georgia, take Junkyard Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, Tito Santana. Tito Santana. Uh, he, you know, he bought Stampede Wrestling. Just to and he admits he bought Stampede Wrestling to acquire Bret Hart and um, Owen Hart and Dynamite Kid. Yeah, those are the two he wanted. But out of that, he got British. He got Bret Hart, Jim Nine Hart, British Dynamite Bulldog. Kid, British Bulldog, and Bad News Brown. He got all of them in one swing. Yeah, you know that's what Vince did. Vince went to each territory. Um, he asked them to work with him, and they were like, you know, we're going to keep doing our own thing. And Vince was like, okay, I'm going to sign away your top star. And Vince destroyed the territories, and he condensed them. And, you know, he put himself in a position where he could run, you know, three house shows in one day. You know? And, and you know, we I, I don't know if we touched on this last week. I hope we didn't, but if we did, I'm going back there anyway. But, you know... You know, Bad News Brown talked about, you know, you have A, B, and C shows. Your A show is going to be at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Big John Studd versus Hulk Hogan. And he may have, you know, the Hart Foundation versus the Rougeau Brothers on that card. Your B show is going to be led by the Honky Tonk Man versus Randy Macho Man Savage. And, um, you know, that show might have, you know, Bad News Brown versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan on as well. And that's going to be in Albany, New York at the same time. But in L.A., you're going to be running the Ultimate Warrior versus Andre the Giant at the L.A. Coliseum. And then that's going to have, you know, your Mr. Perfect and, 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 and Tito Santana on that card as well. So you're talking about stacked cards, three stacked cards running at the exact same time. And Vince was taking in money hand over fist. Mind you, these are stars that was in in that particular territory that Vince just stole, <laughs> and then run them, and he, he and then he will run those same stars that he just took from the number from that territory back in that same territory. Yeah, and, and and what are you gonna do? You get to see you get to see the guys that you're used to seeing on Friday night. On Friday night, you go to the Coliseum, you see a bunch of Joe Schmoes versus Joe Blow, and then in the main event, you get. You know, Jim Powers versus Rick Rude, and you're happy to see it. Now you can see that all the time on these stacked cards. Mm-hmm. And what you were having was, it's backwards now. But back then, he used TV to set up these feuds. Like at the end of the world, at the end of um, at the end of SummerSlam ninety uh, ninety one, mm-hmm. you have Roddy Piper come in, and he costs Rick Rude the Intercontinental Championship against the Ultimate Warrior. Rick Rude, I'm going to get you. Da, 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 da. And Rick Rude's, Rick Rude's going off with Roddy Piper. Piper, I'm going to get you. You haven't seen the last of me. So what we don't see on TV is for the next 12 weeks. You have shows in Boston. You have shows in Chicago. You have shows in Detroit. You have shows in Richmond. You have shows in Baltimore that's headlined by Roddy Roddy Piper versus Ravishing Rick Rude. We never got to see that on TV. That was never at a pay-per-view. You also got to see Jake the Snake versus the Million Dollar Man. You know, you have all these all these shows, and you have to understand that each one of these guys were world champions where they came from, but they weren't making any money. So Vince can say, look, you're not gonna make any world, you're not gonna make any money 
I mean, not going to win any world championships because I have Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And they go, of course, of course I'm not going to take the championship from Hulk Hogan, but I can guarantee you, you'll be on the card with him at least so many weeks a year, and you're going to get that money. I can guarantee you at least one Saturday night's main event at least twice a year, and you're going to get that WWE money and that NBC money and that house show money, you know? And uh, like even guys like the Honky Tonk Man, when the Honky Tonk Man got taken from his territory, he said, the only deal I had with Vince was keep me good on TV. And Honky Tonk Man said, I lost every single night in those arenas. I lost to Ricky Steamboat. I lost to Jake the Snake. I lost to Brutus Beefcake. I lost to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I lost to, he said, I lost Coco Beware. <laughs> down, in, down in Florida. He said, I lost to everybody they put in front of me. But on TV, I was undefeated. And that's how we made money because people paid to see him lose. That's what was missing when Vince took over those territories. Now, what really hurt was when Vince took those territories, which you lost, was the farm system for wrestlers to come up. You lost that farm system. Yeah. You, 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 you don't get to pick from seven or eight different territories, the best guy from each territory. You have one or two territories, and you got to take the best two or three. So that's why NXT is a wonderful thing, because that was missing. They had Ohio Valley with Jim Cornette for a little bit before they ruined that, where you had uh, John Cena, Batista. But that was owned by the WWE, too. That was owned by the WWE. Oh, that, that's not true. The original Ohio Valley had a deal with WWE. Mean, but it was Smoky Mountain. It went from Smoky Mountain to because Jim Cornette had Smoky Mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. He owned, and that's when he had like New Jack and the Gangsters. Uh, that's when they found Chris Jericho and Lance Storm. Uh, Jericho, Lance Storm, um, New Jack. They had the Rock and Roll Express. Arn Anderson. This is what, right when NWA did that little funky turn from NWA to WCW. Ugh. Okay, and that's what okay. You're 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 okay. Okay, I'm I'm I guess I'm a little bit I'm a little I'm a little ahead on that. Cause, yeah, like, but then it went from that to. Um, um, Vince bought out Smoky Mountain and then it became Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling. And that's when it became like their low grade version of uh, of Smoky Mountain NXT. That was their little farm system. Right. And then that transformed into they moved from Ohio to, to uh, Florida. To Florida. Which which caused Booker T to quit because Booker T thought they were coming to Houston. That's that's a little known fact. Yeah. Booker T quit over that. But Jim Cornette always contests that Ohio Valley was independent from WWE. They were just their farm system. Yeah. You know, on one hand he said, you know, we weren't you know, we weren't run by the WWE. I ran it and I did this and I did that. But at the same time, he said he would get upset because John Laurinaitis would call him and say, Yo, we're sending you down. This guy put him on TV. I have TV written. Well, rewrite it and hang up. And he would do it. So, to that point, this is the reason why I brought up that because it's happening now in 2018, 2017. All right, let's get it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so, if Vince is doing it again or Triple H, whoever is doing it again, well, well, let's say Triple H because he's the one who ran NXT and we all know that. William Regal does come down to Maryland for um, the Maryland Pro Wrestling Shows. Right. Um, was I forgot? The, I can't think of the initials. MCW. MCW. So um, Vince is now. You know, you look at Ring of Honor. You look at that roster before um, Adam. You, they then took Adam Cole, War Machine. Hey. Yeah, Adam Cole, War Machine. They took uh, Jindrak, the tall dude. Mark Jindrak. No, no, there was another Jindrak. Oh, okay. Um, uh, let's see. Um, 
they took Ricochet from um from from the Mexican place, the Mexico place. Uh, let's see, EC3 left. They got him from um, Impact. He's literally just taking people just to be taking them. He's not doing nothing with them, but he was like, "Oh, you good there? I need the, I need him, 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 and him, and him." <laughs> and it is making the territories weak again, but at the same time, it makes NXT great. So it's like it's like WWE realized they need that independent touch again, so they created NXT. To become like that for those indie darlings, those indie wrestling fans who who want that indie wrestling, um, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, all of these people, Finn Balor, all these people that you you probably wouldn't know that you go on the YouTube, um, and see them. I didn't know about Finn Balor who was um like the white something, um, he was the white something at first, but I I knew there was somebody guy in New Japan who would dress up and get the full body paint, mm-hmm. and that was Finn Balor. You know, so it's so they're doing the same thing all over again. It's just, uh, it's, it's just a shame when you think about it, and in, in, in the grand scheme of things, um, as Ric Flair would say, when you had WCW and WWE, you had and ECW, you had three places that you could go back to work. Like if you lost, if you left WWE, well, hell, there's WCW, and vice versa. Now you lose WWE, you know, well, you're pretty losing money. But Cody Rose has shown there's another avenue. Um, for revenue, <laughs> absolutely, and and I think that's going to be a problem too. Um, that's gonna, I think Vince sees that as a problem too. What Vince doesn't do well is um, acknowledge the fact that these are problems. He acts like he doesn't know because he's in this bubble, but he knows. People let him know these things. Like you know, you let Cody Rhodes go, right? Like yeah, he wasn't. You know, he's well, selling out. Well, you know, we'll bring we'll bring him back. I, I think Vince is at the point now where he has a mind if someone goes and becomes a bigger star mm-hmm. than he was in the WWE because he knows in the end. Mm-hmm. When they reach a certain plateau, he can just bring them back. Uh, and I have a theory on that. And I, I swear we're going to do this. I got a song I'm going to play for my homeboys from Titus Town. And we're going to get back on Extreme Rules. Guys, we're going to get back on the agenda that I have written down on this bill envelope. It's a, um, <laughs> throw, out, throw out the rundown. <laughs> um, I really believe CM Punk. It was something that CM Punk said in an interview with Coco Banner. And he was saying, basically, he never got that WrestleMania main event. Not... not Wrestling the Undertaker two spots away from the main event. I'm talking about headlining, main eventing, last match at WrestleMania. And my theory always was that he was going to leave, like he did, like Brock did. Brock went to the Minnesota, went to went to the NFL career first. We went to UFC. He was going to leave, start a UFC career, keep that buzz, and then Vince was going to bring him back, which was going to start the buzz. <laughs> To get that main event spot and that part time schedule, what he didn't bank on was getting beat three times in a row. So, <laughs> yeah, CM Punk didn't bank on it because yeah, yeah. So I mean, in the, in the sense now he can't come. He can because people still chant CM Punk in. Now I don't know if we're chanting it because we miss him or just an easy way to say this match is boring. If that's that code for it's probably the, a little of both. Yeah, it's like this is code for this match is boring or is, you know is this a troll code? For um, whatever, um, but yeah, man, uh, I don't know how we got here. So, I'm gonna, we're going to take a small break, and by small break, um, I'm going to play this song for my man. Um, these, oh no, my that's not what I want to. Sorry, guys, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I'm out to just let it play out. Anyway, um, Benita Baby Blanco uh, featuring P Supreme, and um, the single, the single is, is uh, no, the single is. Uh, the rapper name is my homeboy from Titus Town, uh, North Virginia Seven Five Seven. And excuse me for um, botching some of this, but this is just 
off the cuff. Um, the name of the song is Benita Baby Blanco, featuring P Supreme. And um, they're from my way, 757. We're going to give it a little listen, and uh, we'll be right back. Um, I'm going to keep the mics hot, or should I just turn it? I think I'm going to turn it down. But here we go. Yeah, and we're back, y'all. That was my man, Blanco and P Supreme, and it's Benita Baby Blanco. Blanco. I keep messing the name, but it's Benita Baby Blanco. It's too many Bs. Too many Bs, um, um, Blanco and P Supreme. But, um, yeah, we're back, y'all. And um, make sure if y'all want to get that song, that's a little snippet. If y'all want to get that song, go on iTunes. Look up my man, um, Blanco featuring P Supreme. Blanco is B-L-A-N-C-O-P Supreme. They're on iTunes, Apple Music. Um, give them a ring, give them, pay that 99 cent, listen to them, support, support uh, your local artists, um, wherever they may be. Hurt, we're back. We're not going to get off track this time, sir. No promises. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good, man. So Sunday, was it, whether it was this Sunday or last Sunday, I don't know what Sunday it was. Anyway, long story short, we was over at the crib. Um, and we was watching Extreme Rules, um, Side Note Takeover. Um, <laughs> side Note Takeover. Um, and um, we was watching Extreme Rules. What are your thoughts of the pay-per-view? <clears throat> I thought it was a very good pay-per-view. I thought it was a good pay-per-view. Um, it had good energy, had good flow. Um, very good decision. Very good decision. I wasn't right about a lot of my picks, okay? I wasn't right about a lot of my picks. Mm-hmm. One thing I was right about... You cannot put Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley on as the last match. You gotta put Seth Rollins on as the last match. It'll never happen. But you put Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler on as the last match. The WWE gets it right sometimes. Sometimes. Not a lot, but they get it right sometimes. And they got that part right. They got that match right. Um, You know, everybody went away looking pretty strong. Which is, you know, the name of the game. Gotta make whoever look strong, but it was a good pay-per-view top to bottom. Not a lot of things, not a lot of things didn't make sense. I'll tell you what, um, Roman Reigns losing made me scratch my head, but we know the answer now. We know why that happened now. So, 
Um, my thoughts are um, ex- same uh, are the exact same. Uh, I thought it was a pretty I thought it was a pretty entertaining pay per view from um, top to bottom. Um, you gotta um, if you're an old school wrestling fan, you gotta with this new era of wrestling, you gotta erase pretty much whatever you started watching wrestling and enjoying it. Erase half of that, and then you gotta also erase trying to make sense of it and just enjoy it for what it is. It's just a form of entertainment. So on an entertainment level, I enjoyed it. Um, booking sense-wise, uh, it made sense as well. Um, if anybody wanted to keep score on our predictions, mm-hmm. um, we're about to run this down. It's not really important. Yeah. We don't really have to. We, we're not going to do that. I don't we, think we need to do that. We're going to no. do it. Um, so, <laughs> so the score was Brian Carr had five. Big Hurt had five. I had eight. Um, we're going to start off with one of the matches. Um, it was a steel cage match, Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. Um, hurt pick Braun Strowman, and um, I picked Kevin Owens. Owens won, and mm. if you listen to the if you listen to the podcast where we made our predictions, I said Owens will win basically because this is the safest match where Braun could lose, and it wouldn't hurt his credibility. Um, this is spoiler for all those haven't seen the pay per view yet. Which if you haven't. It's, it's really no excuse. So. Yeah, you really have no excuse. It's been about a week, so we're going to tell you. Um, Braun Strowman threw Kevin Owens off the cage. <laughs> 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 and because he threw him off the cage, he, he his feet touched the floor. Kevin Owens won. But it made Braun look strong. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? It was a really it was a good match, and it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Braun Strowman looked strong, beat up Kevin Owens, chased him around. You know, toward the close, toward, you know, we got close to the pay-per-view. I kind of switched. I was like, you know, maybe Kevin Owens, maybe Braun throws Kevin through the cage, which in in retrospect would have been, I don't want to say predictable, but, you know, yeah. we would have seen that coming. But to throw him off the top of the cage, to Mick Foley him through that, uh, through that announce table and perfectly throw him through that announce table. Yeah. I was watching with... um. I rewatched the match with my my roommate, who is the casual wrestling fan that Vince McMahon is targeting. And he saw it, and he goes, what a terrible position to put Braun Strowman in. I said, what do you mean? He goes, he has to keep finding ways to look strong, and he won't just put the belt on him. Why, why doesn't he have the title? I couldn't I couldn't explain to him why Braun Strowman isn't world champion. Yeah. The casual wrestling fan doesn't even... That, that, that's your world champion right there. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. But um, for me, I'm I'm more impressed with like the details, like the way Kevin Owens landed perfectly, and you know I look at Kevin Owens, I'm like that's that's a guy that I want raising my future villain superstars for the next five to ten years. That's my million dollar man. That's my Ted DiBiase. That's my Rick Rude. That's that's the guy I want who's taking care of the villains and passing them off to whoever whoever's next. Great match. Okay. Um, by the way, Kevin Owens is by far one of the. Um, he may never sniff the top belt again, but as Hurt said, he he is a guy that you want to put over whoever your baby face is, because <laughs> he will do that, and um, I think he's gonna be. Kevin was probably he signed a five year extension, so I pretty much um, anticipate he probably just be his last five years, yeah. wrestling, and um, he's basically gonna be putting people over, and um, or almost like Jericho, um, in a sense. But 
Um, he probably has one more run. I take that back. He probably has one more run at it. Maybe the WWE title. Maybe maybe he'll finally get that rematch for the Universal. Maybe. Um, moving on. Um, Baron Corbin versus um, Finn Baylor or Byler or whatever you want to say. Byler Club. Um, I, I you picked Finn and I picked Corbin and Finn won. Um, this match wasn't very memorable for me. It was just a basic. It Monday was night not. Night. It was a basic Monday Night Raw match with no commercials. Very basic. Yeah. <laughs> and to make it so bad afterwards, you know, the WWE.com did this. Is Baron Corbin done with Finn Balor? Find out Monday. Monday we found out that shit's done. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're moving on. <laughs> Next, <laughs> Woken Warriors versus B Team. We both got this wrong. Um, I knew one of the tag titles was going to change hands. Or neither was going to change hands. Um, uh, we both picked Woken Warriors. But deep down, um, I'm really excited for the B team. Uh, what are your thoughts? Putting my personal feelings aside for the B team, and that's not something I'm going to get into now. I'm very happy that the Miz Taraj is getting this run. I'm, I'm happy they're getting this push. I'm happy that WWE, listen, they got the fans behind them. They got the fans behind them. They had the little huh, 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 huh thing going on, and it's entertaining. And it's it's good that WWE made the call to put the belts on them and not to. Sorry. And not to. It's good. These battle scars. Sorry. It's, it's, uh, by the way, by the way, at the exact same time that that song was in our heads, me and Mike Brown, we were b- back and forth in the chat room <laughs> putting these battle scars. Two days later, it's 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 in the top twenty five on iTunes. So that hey. it, it bees like that. Yeah. So um, I just want to say, um, you know, I'm I'm happy that WWE did that. Like, let's listen to the fans. Let's let's give them a let's let's, let's give them a run with the title to see what they do with it. And you've been putting tag teams in the position to feud with them afterwards. You got the Ascension. The Revival. Uh, the Revival. AOP. Maybe not AOP. Maybe AOP takes the belts at the Rumble. That's That works for me. All yeah. of that works for me. And then you can go back into the uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy feud. Yeah. I'm actually getting tired of the Raw um, tag team division. Could they actually have tag teams that are already put together that was built up through NXT, Revi- Revival, AOP, Accenture, etc. But then they put these tag teams, these tag team together, um, like the Woken Warriors. You know, it's like, okay, why would you, why would you call up the Revival? Why would you call up AOP? Why would you call these teams that are already teams? Now, I like the B team because you could already see they were becoming a tag team. But, like, these teams that just come out of nowhere, like uh, Seth and Jason Jordan. Like, why? Why? <laughs> I'll never understand the Seth and Jason Jordan thing. I'll never understand it. It will never make sense. If I have to play devil's advocate, if I have to play Vince's advocate for Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt winning the belts, it was an ends to a means. And the means was to advance the character of Matt Woke and Matt Hardy and to also help the character of Bray Wyatt. Because he was drowning. Because he was drowning. And they both were stale. So you put the belts in them for a little while. And hopefully the fans gravitate toward them. Hopefully they bond into something like the bar. But we didn't see that here. I mean, and WWE does that. They they hit it with the bar. Yeah. They hit it with them. They didn't hit it with these guys. I don't, I don't blame them for trying. And I feel like they gave them the appropriate amount of time, and they bailed at just the right time. 
Yeah, I think it, it also didn't help that Bray Wyatt got into a car accident. But <laughs> there are details about the accident that we haven't been told. Like what caused him when he's in the car with his woman. What would cause him to close his eyes and tilt his head back and drive on the wrong side of the road? We'll never know. Dum, 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 dum. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Oscar versus Carmella for the SmackDown titles. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained by this match. Um, James Ellsworth needs to be um, released again because I think he totally overshadowed the match. <laughs> it became the James Ellsworth show, not the Oscar versus Carmella match. Same problem they had when it was Money in the Bank time when James Ellsworth threw the the, the um, suitcase down to Carmella and it kind of overshadowed the historic Money in the Bank match. Um, in this match, James Ellsworth was put in a shark cage, which I didn't know, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that he was going to be in a shark cage. He tries to get out of the shark cage. He's throwing objects out of out of his pocket because... That was hilarious. For some odd reason, no one checks. James L's were for to put him in the cage. Um, and then eventually, he's running out of objects. He has a key. He has a spare key because nobody had the keys on him backstage. He unlocks the door. And because of James Ellsworth, he gets himself hooked up upside down out of the cage. And then Oscar goes to town on him. And then Carmella sneaks up, runs her into the cage, and pins her. Um, Hurt picked Oscar. I picked Carmella. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I knew Carmella was going to win. Um, this is going to sound very racist. Trigger alert. Vince McMahon is not going to put the belt on Oscar because she is Japanese. The same reason why she didn't. And, and mind you, Shinsuke and Oscar both won the Royal Rumble. All right, we all predicted they was going to become the top champions in the company, and Oscar had three or four times it didn't happen, and Shinsuke had almost over six <laughs> opportunities and didn't win the belt. But magically, we'll get to this later. He wins a secondary title, so <laughs> I knew there was no way Vince was going to take the belt off the blonde white woman and give it <laughs> to the Japanese woman. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to trigger start nothing. But I just had a feeling that Oscar wasn't going to win the belt. If he's not going to put it on Shinsuke, there is no way he's going to put it on Oscar right now. Uh, Hurt. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> I tell you what. I um. The morning of in my in my in our fantasy uh, wrestling group, the morning of I knew I had made a mistake. When I looked at the car, I'm like, "There's no way, Oscar." I'm like, "Maybe I'm telling myself maybe she'll win by disqualification." I don't know what I was thinking. I'm like, "Of course, Carmella's gonna win, so she could say she beat Charlotte and Oscar twice." Of course, and I just I don't know how I let that go by me. Um, I have a newly formed theory. Would you like to hear it? I'm here for that. Okay. As you were talking, newly formed theory. Mm -hmm. I believe the reason that they got rid of Ellsworth the mm -hmm. first time was because it was a pressure on the relationship of Carmella and Big Cass. Let me explain. Okay. Folks know that Carmella and Big Cass were in a relationship. And um, it's just, to me, it seems like weird that right around the time that Cass was coming over to SmackDown... They let Ellsworth go. Mm -hmm. And Ellsworth was gone and everything was fine. And Carmella was, you know, kind of, she was doing okay without him. 
but part of her charm was him as a heater. That's an old school wrestling term, a heater. Yeah. And the day they bring him back, Big Cass gets fired for grabbing her arm during an argument. I don't think it's a coincidence. And um, I think that if it was up to her, Ellsworth would have been with her the entire time. That's just my thought. Newly formed. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I'm actually, that time away from Ellsworth really opened my eyes to Carmella. Because let's just face it, um, she has a slogan that says, Mella is money. And she really is. She is. She just is. I follow her on Instagram. She's, you know... Just a regular, regular, regular wrestler, regular woman, and um, she's she's money, yo. Like from her trash talk, she's she's your old school typical heel. Um, you know, she 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 gets beat up. She <laughs> talks that trash. She's like Ric Flair to me. And then at the end, she finds a way to win the match or gets DQ, whatever way. But she always finds a way to keep the belt. And um, I think she is one of the top female heels in the in the whole um. The whole company, especially in SmackDown, she's like the top heel. Um, there's some people that find her annoying, and I find those same people racist. Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> because she wears the Jordans and like she's real hip hop ish and stuff like that. But um, Staten Island, yeah. So it's like you know whatever. She's authentic. Yeah, and you can't you can't teach that or beat. That. And she wears a choker. Yeah, that's all I know. Yeah, and, and she always has a wedgie. Um, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Um, Think this, everyone knew how this was gonna go. Yeah, I was confused um, by the match a little bit because whenever you you throw in Ronda Rousey as part of the match, it's not about whoever's in the ring; it's about Ronda Rousey. Um, and and you could tell because the moment Ronda Rousey jumped over the barricade to start giving out them beatdowns um, the next night on Raw, all they talked about was Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, as if Nia Jax wasn't getting hit with a kendo stick. <laughs> For like ten minutes of the match, like not like Alexa Bliss. So once again, it's one of those things where uh, I don't have a problem with Ronda Rousey being in WWE. I don't have a problem with her being a star. I don't have a problem with any of those things. I just have a problem with is it seems like whenever the WWE gets uh, uh some gets a uh, a new toy, that new toy overshadows the rest of the toys or overshadows the big agenda, you know. You, you can add Ronda Rousey to the women's revolution, but don't make it seem like she was the beginning of that revolution. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I mean, but um, at the end of the day, um, Alexa Bliss won. Uh, I think we pretty much pre- predicted the same thing according to my bill, my Dominion Power Bill envelope. Um, what, you, <laughs> what, are, what are you thinking, Hurt? What are you, what are you? I had no thoughts. You know, to me, there was not a doubt in my mind that they were just rushing Nia out of the title picture. Not a doubt in my mind. So, you know, I went into the match disappointed. I came out of the match disappointed. It was a good match. Made Nia look strong, as always, but she lost, so where do you go from here? That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> That's it. I got nothing else to say about that match. I wasn't happy at all. Okay. Um, moving on. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, this is one of those matches. If you went to the bathroom, you missed the whole match. Um, yep. Uh, hurt. Talk about it. Shame shower. I love the psychology 
the in-ring psychology of heel Shinsuke. It's something that's greatly missing in the new school of wrestlers is this type of in-ring psychology. The only type, the only places you see this type of psychology is Kevin Owens and Aleister Black. They have that in-ring psychology. The way Shinsuke carried himself before the match, before the match starts, he hits Jeff Hardy with the low blow and then looks back at him like, what? What happened? <laughs> it was just the coolest thing ever. And then... Jeff Hardy in typical, you know, face fashion. Don't ring the bell. Shake Stowell. Whatever it's called. Shake, uh, the shake, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know. Sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> Kick to the face and, and Shinsuke's your new champion. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a shock. And more people were upset. We got robbed of a long match. And, you know, I was told. You know, Jeff Hardy's hurt. He has a hurt back. He can't go. But then they went like 30 minutes, 85 <laughs> minutes on Tuesday. So I I, I don't know. Um, but um, it's a great match. Um, the big twist in this match um, uh, was Randy Orton coming back. And um forgot about that. Yeah, Randy Orton came back um, at, after the match. And um, if, as if Jeff Hardy's testicles wasn't hurt enough, <laughs> Randy Orton split his legs open and then um, stomped on his um, testicles. Um, leaving Shinsuke bewildered and confused. Uh, I thought one of the interesting parts of the match, um, no, that was on SmackDown. Um, Randy Orton had just thrown Jeff through the table, whatever, and he looks back at the ramp and the TV and the camera catches. It says he's like, "Where's Shinsuke?" Like I don't know, if Shinsuke was still supposed to be at the ringside area. Yeah, <laughs> but he was like, "Where's Shinsuke?" Whatever. Then <laughs> he goes back to commits to beating the hell out of uh, Jeff Hardy again. But as I said in my earlier point with Oscar versus Carmella, Shinsuke wasn't going to ever get that top title. And I'm mad I kept predicting predict, picking him in the fantasy wrestling league that I'm in. Um, but I knew for sure he was going to get this secondary title. <laughs> yeah, you were on that. And, and Did I get that wrong? Did I get that pick wrong? Yeah, you, you picked yeah, Jeff. I, I picked Jeff. All right. Um, moving on, I'm gonna say we, we this match here that we I was ready to talk about next. I'm gonna say that for last because that was the main event, the Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No. Um, we both picked the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, this seems like a throwaway match or a retirement match for Kane. I don't know what happened um, earlier in the ma- in the event. Kane gets his leg thrown into a uh, <laughs> the Bludgeon Brothers sneak up on him and start beating the hell out of Kane. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Daniel Bryan snatch his leg up into a bear trap. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the match happens is Daniel Bryan versus you know the Blunder Brothers. Some people were predicting um, the Miz was going to come and interrupt or whatever. Um, end of the night, Kane comes back out. Doesn't really matter. Um, Team Hell No loses. Bludgeon Brothers retain. We both got that right. What are your thoughts? Um, I didn't think the Bludgeon Brothers' time was over yet. Yeah, that's all. Um, I, I wonder who they're going to face next. Uh, I think the Usos are pretty much done. I don't know if they announced them. I haven't seen SmackDown yet, mm-hmm. that part of SmackDown. But do you turn the bar he, face? You have the bar go face and face them? I think that's that's a more of a possibility than um, the Revival, who I just can't take as serious contenders, or the Usos. I no. mean, the Usos are always serious contenders, mm-hmm. but Not a real I mean, rock, come on. The Revival, they're on, on Raw. Not the revival, the club. I'm sorry, revival club, same shit. Yeah, the club, they, sorry. They already lost to the club. I mean, they already the club already lost to them like two oh. or three times. Well, then um, I don't know what happens next. The bars gotta go face. 
Yeah, so um, and right now I think New Day's on the on the singles run right now. Everybody's doing a little. Singles. And they're doing the thing with Sandy also. Yeah, so yeah. there's that. So uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with that. But uh, SmackDown, I'm a little disappointed in SmackDown's tag team division. At one point in time, they had the hottest tag division between Raw and SmackDown. I don't know what's going it's on. There's no but, question either. Yeah, headlined by the Usos and the New Day. Um, but then you know, I think uh, things went topsy turvy when you bring back Kane and Brown. <laughs> and Daniel Bryan for a tag team match. Um, okay, here we go. We got three matches left. Um, and and in true form, we we will not end with this match. Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns. Uh, the beginning of the match. What do you think, man? You picked um, Roman Reigns. I picked Lashley. Um, I don't know why I picked Lashley. I just I just went with with the black community. I picked Roman Reigns, hoping that he would lose, but I wanted to get that right. That. That's what happened. And Bobby Lashley won. Mm. Oh, sorry. That's my review of the match, folks. Right there. <laughs> um, yeah, the match was um, it, it was just two big bodies going at it. And it's a shame because Bobby Lashley can't get down. If you saw any of his TNA work, um, when he was in TNA for them four or five years or whatever, his in-ring work is tremendous. Even his max skills is tremendous. It's a lot better than what, what WWE is... Um, Portraying of him, maybe um, as a as a fan, I'm I'm trying to rush to get to the Bobby Lashley of Impact or whatever. But um, yeah, he can go, and um, I think they made the right call. Um, it's just a shame that he's not going to win to go to SummerSlam. No, <laughs> not. Roman's definitely winning that match. All right, the most predictable match of the night um, for the World Heavyweight Title: AJ Styles versus um, Rusev. Um, even though Rusev was our Cinderella, he's our Cinderella. It had to happen. Um, you you got them chanting Rusev. Sorry, I'm sorry. You had them chanting Rusev while Stephanie McMahon, I mean, while Paige is trying to make an announcement, they're chanting Rusev Day to the point where they had to bleep it out on the uh, on 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 the network. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do, you have to get Rusev in and out of the title picture. You get him in there, you get AJ to cool him off, and then you can be like, look, we gave him his run, he didn't make it, so maybe maybe next time there's a number one contendership um, opening up, you're not chanting for Rusev. It had to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a shame. You know, it's one of those things where they, they want you to get you a wrestler, they want you to find a wrestler that you can most relate with, you know, cheer that wrestler, be as loud as you want. You get these wrestlers and you cheer for them, you get behind them, and they're like, ah, that's not the right one. We want you to get behind Roman. Uh, <laughs> we kind of want you to be like, hey, Zack Ryder. Like, ah, we kind of want you to get behind Cena. We don't, we, you know, it's like, okay, we want you to, but we're trying to tell you who to get behind. Uh, oh, y'all still want to cheer for him? Cool, we're going to put you in a tag match with Zack Ryder. So you, you still got to cheer for John Cena. <laughs> you still got to cheer for John Cena. <laughs> Although, in, in John Cena's defense, he did a lot to help Ryder get over. Yeah. A lot. So, yeah. so you don't see that these days. But um, Rusev Day is still hot. Um, I still got my Rusev Day shirt. I need to hurry get my Rusev Day calendar before there are no longer Rusev Day sales. And because <laughs> he won't be in the Rusev WWE. So Ooh. there's that. Um, and the last match Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins in yeah. a 30 minute Iron Man match. This is a catch a catch can type. Brawl. 
Um, we both picked Dolph Ziggler. And if you picked Seth Rollins, I'm sorry for your luck. <laughs> I'm sorry for our loss also if you picked Seth Rollins. If you picked Seth Rollins, you lost more than money. Um, I mean, there was no way anybody but Dolph Ziggler was going to win that match. Anybody could have seen that from a mile away. Um, you know, it's a good match. Good match, and you know, once Seth went up like three nothing, it was like, oh, he's absolutely losing this match. <laughs> um, the fake out at the end was heartbreaking for for them to have Seth go up and then have Drew McIntyre come in as the heater and um, help bring him back. And then you know, you see Dolph walking out. Oh, it's a tie. It's a draw. It's over. Match is over. Seth doesn't have a chair. Okay, he's walking out, and they go, no, we're going sudden death. And then Dolph still wins. Like, that was some heelish shit. And, you know, it's not very often that WWE ends pay-per-views with the heel standing tall. Yeah. Especially not the world champion. So for Dolph to get to close out the chair to show like that, they really want him to resign. Oh, yeah. So, that's it. Um, um, if you're keeping score, Brian Carr had five right. I had mm. eight. And the winner... Shit. Of the Extreme Rules fantasy pick of the of the Obat Radio show, Radio Show, Obat Radio Podcast is uh, me, Michael Brown. I'll be back for SummerSlam. Oh yeah, we got um, we got these SummerSlam picks coming up. I'll get that crown. So, um, what, what would give? What would you give Extreme Rules? What, if you had to give it like a grade, A, B, C, D, or E, what would what would be your letter grade? C plus, B minus. C plus, B minus. Uh, I'm gonna go with B. Uh, I think there's some. Um, I think it does some setting up. Towards SummerSlam, you can already see that the Biz Daniel Bryan feud is getting ready. They threw a little gasoline on that. Um, you can also see um, where they're going with the Universal Title picture. That storyline is going. So I think it was the perfect building block leading on to the next event, which you don't see a lot of times. Um, I don't like the the dual branded pay per views. Right. Honestly, um, I think I, I like them more when it was like SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, WrestleMania. Um, but I also get why. I think they. I think if they would have added Money in the Bank as one of the dual branded pay per views, um, instead of last year where it was just a SmackDown pay per view, we wouldn't have this issue. But whatever. So, uh, with that being said, uh, hurt. Um, real quick, give out your quick plugs for um, um, for uh, get the people to get in contact with you, man. Um, again, catch me um, hurtshouse.com, H-U-R-T-S-H-O-U-S-E.com. You can also follow that same thing on Twitter, Hurts House on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as Brian Carr. Um, you know, I might, yeah, damn, I want to take this Wednesday off, but I can't take this Wednesday off because we got to get ready for the Hurts House Fantasy Football Open and Invitational, and then we got to get back into football. Um, hopefully, next time I come to talk to Mike, we can talk about this announcement that Stephanie McMahon's going to be making because that's a sister on the front of those women's tag team titles. Is it really? That's a sister. Huh. Look at those women tag team title concepts. Now, I don't know if that's really what it is because remember how many fake cruiserweight titles we saw? Yeah. Leading up to that purple piece of sh. And I, I will say this um, in, towards that prediction, um, as you can hear, No Way Jose playing in the background. Um, that's a filthy saxophone. <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be a combination of both. It's going to be a women's pay-per-view with the Texas titles being introduced as the main event. So it's going to be a tournament. I'm with both. I'm here for both of those New, York, New Year's knockout. I'm here for both of those, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, so, hey, thank y'all for listening. Uh, make sure y'all share, subscribe. 
Uh, <laughs> she sucks. Um, share, subscribe. Go to YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at omikeb757. It's the same as my Instagram, omikeb757, O-L-M-I-K-B-757. Go to my website, www.omikeb.com. Facebook, follow the show, Omike Radio, on Facebook and on Twitter. I uh, appreciate y'all again. For listening, we're gonna be out of here. And um, hey, man, you the you the admin of No Hose Bar, which is a wrestling um, page on uh, Facebook. Can I put this show? Yeah, absolutely. Those those right in No Holds Bar. Throw oh, it right in there. Okay. And uh, check out my Edge Up because um, I'm in the game right now. Check out my Edge Up. It's, it's hot right now. Uh, so <laughs> hey, uh, thank y'all again for listening. Um, it's on my radio show. I'm out.